Hello everybody, welcome to our Mental Health Services Collecting Badgers podcast. I am your host, Kitanjali Devle. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a mental health provider at UHS. We're back with another episode and I'll let the other hosts introduce themselves. And we also have a guest today. I am one of the other co-hosts, Andy Schwabi. I use she, her pronouns, a care manager at MHS and very happy to be here today. Hello, I'm Casey Tice. Um, I use she and hers pronouns. I am an access specialist and care manager here through UHS. And we will introduce our guest in a minute. We, yeah, we like keeping suspense. It is important to note that this podcast does not replace mental health treatment and it should not be considered as such. If you're interested in learning more about seeking mental health treatment at UHS, you can book a confidential access appointment through the MyUHS portal. There is no problem too small to schedule an access appointment. Access specialists are here to discuss your concerns and assist you in getting connected to mental health resources. If you have any questions about meeting with an access specialist, you can call the MHS front desk at 608-265-5600, option two, and we will answer any questions you may have before you schedule. Or if you would prefer to get connected to a provider outside of UHS, we can assist with this also. And as a reminder, you have access to 24-7 crisis resources. These include the UHS crisis line at 608-265-5600, option 9. And in the event of an emergency, please dial 911. Today, we are meeting with Ryan Keegan, the Front Desk Administrator for McBurney Disability Resource Center. Welcome, Ryan. Uh, are there any other ways you would like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, again, my name is Ryan. I use he, him, his pronouns, uh, and I have been with the McBurney Center since uh, the summer of uh, 2019. So I got to see a, a little bit of the office pre-pandemic. Uh, and then through the pandemic, and then whatever we're in right now in uh, in the spring of 2023. So excited to be here. Wow, it looks like you have you've had the whole experience of doing this in the pandemic. Also, that that counts for a lot. Um, so Ryan, let's get started with questions. We do have so many questions for you. And these are the questions that we also get asked when um, students are looking for accommodations, when we sometimes talk to students about, hey, it might be helpful for you to get these accommodations. And sometimes these are questions that our providers have, professors have, uh, because even though I think McBurney has its name and it's like established in the campus, people don't know the specifics. Um, so yeah, it would be great to have these questions answered. So the first question that we have for you is just what kind of services does McBurney provide for students? Like what are some things that McBurney does and then doesn't do maybe? Yeah, so really generally, uh, the McBurney Disability Resource Center provides a number of accommodations for students um, and for students with physical, learning, hearing, vision, psychological health, um, and other disabilities that substantially affect a major life activity. That can be things like walking, communicating, learning, seeing, breathing, reading, um, et cetera. And the most common 
ways that these accommodations are are uh, end up are through uh, either in the classroom or uh, for university campus housing. Um, so that's kind of where our scope is. Great. And how do you get connected to services if you are interested in something like that? Yeah, so there are three steps uh, to apply for accommodations. And the very first step is to visit our website, um, which is McBurney, M-C-B-U-R-N-E-Y dot W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. And there's a spot on there to apply for accommodations. So on there, you'll find our online application. Um, So students will log in with a, a net ID and they will um, fill out, there's usually about 10 questions uh, on there. It shouldn't take too much time. They're, they're pretty broad questions. Uh, and there's also a, a spot to upload any relevant uh, documentation that they might have. Um, and that's documentation from a, a licensed professional that works with that student, uh, can speak to a diagnosis and is qualified to do so. Um, and then also how that disability or condition uh, impacts them. Um, So there's the application, there's uh, documentation that you can submit, and then the third component of getting affiliated uh, is to set up an initial meeting. Um, So setting up an initial meeting uh, is with an access consultant. So that is a full-time staff member at the McBurney Disability Resource Center. And one of their roles is to meet with students during these meetings to determine their eligibility for accommodations. Um, They also serve as an advocate in case students encounter any barriers in receiving their accommodations. And they can also answer questions for for faculty and students um, that they might have about how to best implement those accommodations for students. Um, Also would wanna mention too our Access Consultant team continues to grow, um, and we have, I think we now have 12 Access Consultants on staff, and students do generally, you know, the the Access Consultant they're meeting with for that first initial meeting, that is um, a person that they're generally working with throughout their time at, at UW-Madison. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention about kind of this process is that so even if a student doesn't have uh, doesn't have that documentation ready or doesn't have a diagnosis yet, we'd still recommend that they um, fill out that application to get started. They can still have that initial meeting even without that documentation yet. Oh, that's a really good point. Thanks for mentioning that because I know we get that question a lot through our access over in mental health of like, what is the process? Like, what order do I do things in? So that's that's good for for clarification. Um, I guess I'm thinking from like the mental health side of things, like a lot of times we get questions about accommodations that way. Like what does accommodations even mean like for mental health? Like, do you have examples of like what that is or could look like for students? Totally. Yeah. I can talk um, broadly about, yeah, kind of the, the, some of the categories of, of what accommodations can look like um, and try to give some examples one of the one common category of uh, accommodations that a student could be eligible for that we would um, provide are testing accommodations. So uh, that could be things like uh, having extra time on quizzes or exams or um, being able to take a, an exam uh, in a smaller group with 
limited distractions. Um, other things that uh, that could come to mind as well would be um, adaptive note-taking tech. Um, so things like a, a smart pen that syncs recorded audio uh, to your handwritten notes on a, on a paired notebook. So again, if um, there could be different reasons for uh, being eligible for that. Another common uh, common accommodation would be having any videos uh, in your classes, having them being captioned. Um, that's a pretty common one, as well as uh, having an American Sign Language interpreter in your classes. Um, another one that really comes to mind as well as alternative formats. So making sure that any course materials um, are in an accessible format, um, particularly if they're in like a PDF um, or another file format that could be read um, by a screen reader. Uh, so those are some of the more common things. Another thing that that isn't necessarily that isn't an accommodation, but is a service that we do have uh, is something called our study and learning skills program. And that is a partnership that we have with Greater University Tutoring Services, uh, affectionately known as GUTS. And um, there we have four staff members uh, through uh, at our office that provide McBurney affiliated students with one on one sessions. And that's not for like uh, for classroom or academic specific tutoring. It's more general study skills. So that could be working on time management, um, note taking or organization, um, exam prep, things like that. So that's a pretty wide breadth of, of some of the services that uh, and accommodations that we offer. Wow, I didn't I didn't I had no idea about the guts um, partnership. I, I knew that they existed and you existed, but the partnership seems like an excellent resource for students. And and is that all uh, covered um, with the segregated fee that students pay or do they have to pay anything else? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, anything that a student would be approved for as an accommodation or a service, uh, no additional charge. That's that's all included as, as being a UW-Madison student. Great question. Another uh, question that we also get asked for our services, but then I've heard people ask about McBurney do like, um, uh, students are sometimes confused about when should they, how early should they start the process? Like, is it better to start it once they are on campus or wait till they are on campus or even start it before? How long does it take for the whole process and for them to get accommodations? Sure, yeah. So uh, as long as a student is uh, an ad an admitted UW-Madison student, uh, if they're thinking about accommodations, they can start that application uh, right away. So um, basically, if you have a net ID, then you can you can start applying. Um, and again, if you're at all thinking about doing that, it's great to get a head start. And um, from all of our access consultants are working with a, a set number of students and we tend to be, they tend to be meeting with students a lot towards the beginning of the semester. And um, so they are really, really getting, again, like getting the process started as soon as you're interested or thinking about it is great. Um, because again, it can take, depending on the time of year, it can take a little bit of time to 
um, to have that first initial meeting set up. Um, so from start to finish, let's say from when a student starts their app, submits their application to then uh, they've been approved, um, that can really run the gamut of time frame. But usually it's looking about like two to three weeks um, in general, but that ebbs and flows uh, depending on if you're in the summer or if you're in the first week of a semester for sure. And when somebody is preparing for that appointment, you mentioned, you know, they'll fill out the online application first and they have the opportunity to upload forms there. Is there anything else that people need to bring to their appointment or would be helpful to have on hand in that first appointment? Great question. So that initial meeting is really, so that's part of the interactive process um, is how it's defined legally. And so during that meeting, they are going to be meeting with that access consultant and who's going to be asking them specific questions about the impacts of the student's disability or medical condition, condition and the, their experience. So through that conversation and any documentation they might have at that time, all of that's going to be taken into account by the access consultant to help determine their eligibility. Um, it, but bottom line is for this first meeting, they don't need to really bring anything additional. They just need to be ready to talk about themselves and their experience. Um, for other appointments or meetings, um, that can really depend. So um, some students, after they're um, approved and affiliated with McBurney, uh, they will meet with some after that kind of initial meeting, don't end up feeling like they need to, to meet again. Um, some more common students are meeting like once a semester kind of to check in to make sure things are all going well. Um, some meet every month and, and some meet every week. Um, so it really just depends on, on what the student uh, is looking for. And then if it's also related to any accommodation trainings, again, like some of the adaptive technology uh, things that I talked about before, um, Usually if there's technology involved, you need to have your laptop um, and be be ready to learn. Uh, but yeah, that's really that's really all that might be might be needed for those kind of interactions too. Um, I wanted to mention too, we talked about the impact of the pandemic. And so our office uh, is meeting with students in person uh, as well as uh, over the phone or video conference. And um, that being said, our, our staff is working hybrid. So on a rotating schedule, staff are maybe in the office or maybe working from home. Um, but one of the things that um, that really has transformed how we meet with students is, is over Zoom or over Google Meet. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, we were really meeting with students probably 80% of the time in person. Uh, and then the other times over the phone. Um, and now it's it really is kind of split down the middle. Um, and I feel like for a lot of students, that is a lot more accessible, which is great. Yeah, that's a really good clarification. Thanks for mentioning that as well. Um, 
And so I know you talked a little bit about this, but if um, a lot of times through our mental health access, we get students who are interested, but maybe don't already have a, a mental health therapist or provider. And then they're also interested in getting connected to McBurney, but, but haven't yet. So is there like a particular order of things of what appointment needs to come first, or do they need to have a provider set up um, first before making an appointment with McBurney? Great question. Yeah. So in general, um, nothing nothing will stop them as long as they're an admitted student to to get that application completed, uh, and um, and then also if if they have not um, if they don't have a provider or don't have documentation with them, generally they'll still be able to have that initial meeting. Um, Again, generally, we do need uh, some kind of documentation in order to approve uh, academic accommodations or housing accommodations. Um, but during that meeting, our access consultant might, um, they might also give some referrals to other campus resources like uh, like you all um, at UHS and MHS or um, some other off-campus providers. There's also, um, or if it's not for um, for documentation or diagnosing uh, reasons, maybe other campus resources like things like guts. Um, there's also ways they can also help provide some ideas for finding funding uh, to be able to afford evaluations um, if that's appropriate. Uh, I know, like Dean of Students Office has some funding available, um, and we might try to point them in that direction too. Um, there are circumstances where, again, if if certain criteria or certain situations um, come forward that they might be able to implement provisional accommodations for a semester with the with the understanding that the student is looking for documentation uh, and a diet or a diagnosis. Um, but again, that's that's not every time and that's um, again, generally, we are looking for some kind of documentation in order to to complete that eligibility process. Yeah, and and we at Mental Health Services have our own um, rules and ways in which I think we support students who want to get McBurney accommodations. Um, Casey or Andy, do either of you want to shed some light on that? Um, if they aren't connected yet, yep, we will get them connected to a provider. So if that's here through UHS, or we can also get them connected with community options too, who can fill out any kind of documentation or, or diagnosis or, or basically any of that, um, uh, like paperwork and supporting documentation that's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say it's definitely something that our care management services are often utilized for. Um, and in those appointments, we've We've talked about care management services on this podcast before, but in those appointments, similar to what Ryan was describing for McBurney access appointments, um, you don't really need to prepare anything. You just need to come and know exactly like express that you're looking for some help getting documentation. And then usually an insurance card is helpful. Um, but beyond that, then whoever you meet with in a care management appointment can walk you through different options if they weren't able to resolve that in your initial access call with MHS. Yeah, I think we all have like some processes, like both the agencies have processes set in set in place. And sometimes it's just about knowing where to start, right? So moving on to the next question, I think we did um talk a little bit about 
um, services that McBurney provides, I think it would also be important for us to know the scope of services, like what are services that McBurney does not provide? What are some um, limitations? Absolutely. Uh, so I do have a, a few things that I'd like to mention. Um, we were just kind of talking about um, uh, documentation and, and diagnoses. Um, so um, just want to make it clear too that, so our office isn't able to provide those kinds of services. Um, again, we would be referring to to you all or other on-campus resources or, um, or folks that are off-campus. Um, for those kinds of um, those kinds of needs, another thing that comes up rather frequently is uh, for when it comes to um, to testing. Um, so this would be like exams or quizzes, that kind of testing. So it can be a little bit confusing, but our office doesn't actually provide like testing space or um, proctors or things like that at our office. Um, so the McBurney Center helps determine if a student's eligible for those testing accommodations, but there aren't any exams that actually take place um, in our space. So the when a student is approved for testing accommodations, again, things like that could be extra time or um, testing in a small group or um, access to uh, water or food or, or breaks or things like that. Um, the, students really have two options or two avenues to go. Uh, one is to work directly with their instructor on um, having those, having the department or a TA help implement those accommodations. So um, either having a separate space or um, starting the exam early or having those exams um, go a little bit later for students um, so that they can, they can work that out with an instructor if that's something, sometimes instructors prefer that. Um, the other option would be to have uh, a student go over to testing the testing and evaluation services um, build, which is over in the Ed Sciences building. And so this is a dedicated um, area that has um, testing space uh, and proctors and um, staff to, to help with that. Um, they are um, not connected to our office. Uh, they're over in the Ed Sciences building uh, so they're not connected physically or even organizationally. Um, so there's definitely some confusion there. Um, we can absolutely help. Um, we know the basics of what might be needed for a student to, to successfully request space uh, over at testing evaluation or T&E um, and can point them on the website to some other information. But, um, but outside of that, we don't have any control of about the all of those logistics that T and E handles, so that's something that definitely comes up a bit, um, especially as midterms are are here already. It's hard to believe, um, and definitely during finals too. Um, another thing that I wanted to um, to talk about too uh, that sometimes uh, now in the spring with um, some admissions. Uh, decisions coming out and students looking to commit. Um, we we don't provide um, another like program or degree route for um, disabled students. So um, all students need to be admitted to the university first before they affiliate with our office. Um, and then at that point they can reach out. So there isn't like another track um, to to be admitted by 
by uh, working with our office first. Um, so sometimes, again, I'm thinking, thinking things that come up in the spring here. Um, another one other thing that I wanted to mention that does uh, come up as well is um, so once a student is approved for accommodations, um, again, if they're uh, if it isn't on like a temporary or provisional basis, those accommodations will stay with them um, throughout their time at UW-Madison. Um, so they don't need to reapply um, or things like that. They will need to um, go into what's called McBurney Connect, which is just an online platform that um, lists out their classes each semester. And then it's a series of checkboxes to, to basically say, these are the accommodations that I want to request for this class. Um, and uh, once they submit those, uh, those what we call faculty notification letters go to those instructors directly via email. Um, that being said, so again, like once approved, those accommodations should, should stay with a student um, and they'll just need to do those requests each semester. Um, however, they don't, they don't apply retroactively. Um, so if a student uh, was um, approved for, again, let's use testing accommodations at the, um, as an example, if let's say they um, affiliated with McBurney and they're about halfway through the semester, um, they wouldn't be able to request to like necessarily take that an exam again or, um, or have things changed after the fact. Um, however, Access consultants can serve as an advocate and help with, you know, dialoguing with instructors to 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 talk about ways that um, that things that that they can figure things out, um, or if things are appropriate to um, to reassess. Um, so that's something that also uh, will come up as well in in conversations that we or questions that we get at the front desk. Um, I think I, I think that's it. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of those. Um, some of them sound like pretty natural things people would turn to the Disability Resource Center for. Um, I appreciate the clarification. And from what you were explaining, it sounds like um, what students really need to do for this whole process is get connected with the access provider um, and follow up with documentation for any diagnosis that they may have or seek a diagnosis if they don't already have one. Um, and then really be that they have somebody who's going to be guiding them through the process and, and help them understand what needs to happen next. It's, it's not something that they have to figure out on their own once they're connected with you. Um, and I also appreciate uh, letting us know that they do need to check in every semester, even though it stays with them, they have to sort of apply it to each semester. Um, that's also very helpful to know. I think Something that we face also as mental health providers, it happens to us a lot, and um, we've heard students talk about this when discussing accommodation options. Some students worry that they aren't struggling enough or what they struggle with is not bad enough, and I'm putting that in quotes. I'm curious if you have any response for people who might not think that what they're struggling with is bad enough. Yeah, I just... I would start out and just say, you know, there are many different types of disabilities, both apparent and non-apparent. And, you know, working at the McBurney Center, again, I've been here almost four years, and 
everyone on staff is is here to serve students in order so that they have equal access to education and everyone is really passionate about it and it is palpable that is like the first thing i picked up on what just even in my interview um you know the passion the buzz this is this is important work that we do here and we take pride in that work um and i guess with that you know whether it's it's reach, reaching out for mental health services or or kind of getting started with accommodations sometimes i feel like students might feel like and and all of us can feel like you know kind of the hardest step is sometimes starting it um so i would just say you know if if you're at all interested if you have the slightest notion that there might be some kind of barrier to accessing your education, it's absolutely worth applying. Um, so again, we've talked about you can still apply, you can still have that initial meeting with or without documentation. And during the, that meeting, you know, our staff can help you determine what next steps would be, whether that's referring to another campus resource, um, whether that is, um, right? What, whatever that next step might be. Um, we're trying to make sure that that your needs as a student are being met. Um, and again, sometimes that might mean that it's, it doesn't start with our office. Maybe it's starting somewhere else, um, but we want to get you to the right place. And I would just want to mention too, you know, as of last year, we serve over 4,500 students. Um, and our numbers have, you know, we'll continue to do that, to continue to grow. Our staff will continue to grow um, again in this mission. So if you're, again, I just want to reiterate, if, you, if you're at all interested or thinking about this, there's no harm in applying. And you can, um, you know, at that point, then you can take those next steps as, as you're able. Wow. I mean, thank you so much for that wealth of information, Ryan. That is so helpful. Um, we will also be sure to link um, the McBurney Center on our episode description so folks can read all about it and see um, about applying and such. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us and for taking this time today. Awesome. Thank you all so much for taking the time. Uh, really appreciate it. I think this is really great. Um, a great medium to, to get students connected. And please always ask questions. We're, we're there to help and uh and help i don't help all of us that we're we're all doing such great work and students you're working so hard um it's we're i don't know <laughs> just just uh just thank you again for, for the opportunity to to talk today and and hope there are more opportunities in the future yeah yep good to, to pass that message out there um well, um, feel free to tag us using hashtag connecting badgers on social media. So with any thoughts, feedback, requests for topics, questions you might have, uh, if you know of anyone who might benefit from this information, feel free to share our podcast with a friend. Um, and you can also check out MHS's Instagram, which is UW underscore MHS. Thanks for listening. And as a reminder, Reminder, if you are struggling, you can always access our crisis line for support wherever you are, whenever you need at 608-265-5600, option 9. Thanks, everyone. Take care.